Welcome to Living For Him podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart, subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. Welcome, welcome to Ignite. We're so glad that you are here. Thank you for joining us. You've been with us this entire season, and we're so glad that you chose to be in this space to be ignited for Jesus Christ, to become a disciple who makes other disciples. And so we wanna thank you for taking this journey. Today, we are going into our last part of a three-part series that we've been in called Loyal to King and Kingdom. I'm Pastor CJ Cousins, and I have the privilege of working with an amazing team that every other week is putting out all this that we're seeing here in Ignite. I want to give a big thank you to everybody in the team, all the young people, my wife, who's doing all of this creative media stuff. And so I just want to thank you, thank you, thank you. But today we are back at it again in Daniel chapter 3. I am ridiculously excited about what we're going to encounter in Christ today. So if you want, get your Bible, get it digitally right there on the Ignite platform, or get it in print like I do right here. But we wanna be in Daniel chapter three. I wanna go ahead and invite you to bow your heads with me wherever you are, however you're watching this. I wanna invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray and invite God to be the one to speak to us through the Spirit, through the Scriptures, to reveal Jesus to us so that we can know His character of love more clearly. Let's pray. Father in heaven, this is your moment right now in this space to be here and to speak with us and to reveal yourself to us in a vivid, compelling way, coming right out of this story in Daniel chapter 3. God, please, we need to see you. We need to know you. We need to experience you and be anchored in you through the gospel. So please, right now, God, have your way. May Jesus be heard and I be forgotten in Jesus' name. Amen. Man, we've been taking a journey with Daniel, who wrote the book of Daniel. We've been taking a journey with his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In Daniel chapter 3, we get the experience of them on the plain of Dura. They're working for the Babylonian government. There is a narcissistic government leader, King Nebuchadnezzar. And this man wants everyone under his reign. He has an empire. It is the largest empire in the then known world, the most powerful empire in that, in the then known world back there in Mesopotamia. And he wants to display a, 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 a in, in grand ceremony. He wants people to bow down to this image of himself, to display complete loyalty to him as their king and to his kingdom. And he's got three Hebrew men, three followers of Yahweh who will not bow down. And we discovered in our first message that the reason they didn't bow down, the reason they were loyal to king and kingdom, referring to Jesus Christ and his kingdom, to Yahweh, the kingdom of God, the reason they were loyal to Yahweh is because they stood out because they kept standing. 
They had been making a series of decisions that had led them to this place where the crisis, once it hit, they were able to stand firm in their faith in God, immovable. They would not bow down. They would not bow down. Matter of fact, they just remained standing. It wasn't like they had to kind of kind of stand up. They were already standing physically and spiritually. They were already standing while everybody else was bowing down. And we discovered we don't have to do that. We can be loyal to the king and his kingdom and not bow down. We can be loyal to king and kingdom because we stand out, because we keep standing. And even if we were to fall down, we can get back up and keep standing by the power of Christ with the Holy Spirit. And then we went into our second message, loyal to king and kingdom, Message two, and we discovered there that they were loyal to king and kingdom because they trusted God's power even to death. They trusted God's power to deliver them even to death. It didn't matter even if there was a threat of death from this government leader, this narcissistic government leader who wanted his power, his reign, his influence in government to continue. And God was like, no, bruh, you're going to need to secede. You're going to need to step down. You're going to need to let it go because there's going to be other kingdoms coming after you and their kingdoms are not going to last. Only the kingdom of God is going to last forever. Nebuchadnezzar, you need to humble yourself. That's the next chapter, Daniel chapter four. But in Daniel chapter three, he says, no, I don't like this. So I'm going to threaten you with death. And the three Hebrew boys say, we're not bowing down. You don't got to play the music again. We're going to keep standing for Yahweh. We respect you. We work for you, but we're not going to give you the allegiance that belongs only to God and God alone. And they basically said, look, even if our God chooses not to save us, we're still not bowing down. We're still not compromising. We're standing up for Yahweh. We're standing up for the true king of all kings. And that leads us to today. We're diving back into Daniel chapter three now to continue and to conclude this story in Daniel chapter three. It is epic because what's happening here is, is Daniel's three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing before the king. They just told him, look, we're not bowing down. We don't need a second chance to display our loyalty. We are not going to compromise and bow down to your image. Well, Nebuchadnezzar obviously doesn't like this. You see, he doesn't like this for some reasons that we talked about before, but I'm going to bring it back up again now. Number one, he wants to display complete, absolute loyalty to his reign, to his kingdom that he wants to last forever. We know it's not. And so he's upset because even by giving them a second chance, which he really didn't have to do, but by him giving them a second chance, he's trying to show some, some grace. You know, he's trying to say, Hey, why don't you just go ahead, bow down, I'll play the music again. And they're like, no, you don't need to do that. You know why? Because we're not going to bow down King Nebuchadnezzar. And he is upset because now he's not going to get the total display of loyalty to him that he wanted. He's not getting his way. He's like a spoiled child, a spoiled brat. He does not want people to see anybody resisting his reign and his authority and not worshiping and giving him their allegiance, giving, giving him their allegiance. And he's not going to get that today because they're resisting his, his divine, he, he claim is putting himself in a place of divine allegiance. They're not, he's not going to get that from them. And so what's happening here is, is Nebuchadnezzar now threatens them by saying, oh, you're not going to bow down. Okay, well, get, watch this. We're going to turn the fire up seven times 
hotter. See, by, by, by turning up the heat seven times hotter, he's trying, to, he's trying to flex a little bit. He's trying to basically say, look, if you're not going to bow down because I give you another chance, then maybe you'll bow down if I make the threat even more threatening. If I make the threat even hotter, if I make the fire hotter. See, the idea here is, is not to kill these guys. I want you guys to get this. The idea is not so much to kill them, although he will do that if he feels he needs to. But what he's really after is he wants to so manipulate them. He wants to so fearmonger them. He wants to so cause them to be so anxious and worried and scared about dying that they crumble under the fear and the threat of death. And so he's putting this big display on, turn the heat up seven times hotter. Um, matter of fact, I'm going to get the strongest men from my military. I'm going to get the strongest men from my army, my men of valor. They're going to come ripped. They're going to come. They're going to bind you. They're going to tie you up, Dan, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're going to now thrust you into this fiery furnace. Are you ready to bow down now? That's what he's after. He wants them to be so, watch this, intimidated at him that they're ready to give it up and give their loyalty and their worship to him. And so he goes into a fit of rage and he has the fire turned up, but he has the, the, the armed men from his army come and, and, and bind them. And Daniel uh, takes, takes time to, to give us the details here. And he's doing it for a reason for where we're going in a second. He wants you to see that, that Nebuchadnezzar tied them up with the strongest men and the fire is seven times hotter. He's making you see very clearly the almost impossible situation, the almost impossible trial that they're being thrust into. They didn't ask for this. This was thrust onto them. They're in a moment of crisis. They're standing up for God. Are they going to make it? Are they going to stay strong? Are they going to stay loyal? Watch what the Bible says now in Daniel chapter 3, verse 24. Oh, I can't wait. Watch this. The Bible says, but suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement. He threw them now, the, 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 the armed men, threw them into the fiery furnace. And watch this. The armed men, these guys, the best guys from his military, throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, bound, right? They're thrown in, bound, and they die from the heat. Those that threw these three Hebrew boys in died from the very heat of the furnace. And so once they're thrown in, King Nebuchadnezzar now, he's looking into the furnace. The Bible says suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? I'm just getting clarity here. Did did I see correctly? We only threw in three, correct? One of these armed men didn't kind of go in there with them, did they? No, it's just the three, right? Here's what happens. They respond, yes, your majesty. We certainly did. We threw three men in there. They replied. Verse 25, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like a God. Your translation will probably say, and the fourth looks like the son of God. Question, 
How does King Nebuchadnezzar, this heathen pagan king who wants people to worship him, how does he know about the Son of God? Well, he's got somebody named Daniel working for him. He's got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego working for him. He's now been exposed now. He got the dream from God. He's been exposed to some teaching about Yahweh. And he says this fourth man that's in there in the fire with them, it, it looks like the son of God. Then, then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace. He doesn't want what happened to the soldiers, right, that died from throwing them in to happen to him. And he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants, now he's, he's speaking respectfully, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Now, I just love this, man. I'm, 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 just, I'm just loving this because what's amazing here is the Bible says they're walking around unbound. They were thrown in bound, and when they got in there, now they're unbound. What happened? Clearly, they're not in there by themselves. Somebody is with them. Nebuchadnezzar sees this fourth figure looking like a man, and he says, it's the Son of God. This one looks like a god. And they're just walking around in there, and it almost, you get this casual feel. And watch this. They don't come out of the fire until Nebuchadnezzar calls them out. <laughs> They're in the fire. We understand through scripture that this fourth figure is not just the son of God. <laughs> yes, it's the son of God. This is the pre-incarnate Christ. This is Jesus he is the son of God, and he's in the fire with these three Hebrew young men, followers of Yahweh. He's in there with them. He manifests himself to them in the flames, in the furnace, in the trial. And as he's there with them, it's as if they don't want to come out. Because <laughs> as long as they've got Jesus... As long as Jesus is in them with the fire, as long as whatever the difficulty is that they're experiencing, they know I've got the presence of Jesus. And where he is is the safest place for me to be. Nebuchadnezzar had to actually call them out in order for them to come out of the presence of Jesus. Why would you want to leave the king that you're loyal to, who even in fire, you're safe in his presence? Come on. Even in the midst of the fire of a fiery trial, you're safe in his presence. Why would you want to leave the presence of your savior king to go out there to this deranged earthly king? They had to be called out by King Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> ah, and the Bible says they come out, they're unsinged, they're unharmed. They don't even have the smell of smoke on them. Their clothes isn't even singed. It didn't even look like they went through the fire. Here's what Jesus is letting us know right here. <laughs> when you are loyal to the king and his kingdom, the Bible lets us know that he is with you to bring you out. Jesus is with you to bring, when you are loyal to the king who is loyal to you, you can have full confidence 
that he is with you to bring you out. The Bible lets us know in the book of Matthew, as Jesus is being introduced in the New Testament, it says that his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And he's revealing this to the three Hebrew boys. Jesus, you can almost hear them saying, it's so awesome to actually have you here. We're actually seeing you right now. You're being manifested to us. Can we just stay with you? Can we stay in your presence? Thank you for showing up. Thank you for glorifying God's character of love in this situation. Thank you for joining me in the fire. Thank you for, thank you for removing the, the chains that were holding me, that were binding me in the fire. Jesus, thank you. I just want to stay with you forever in your presence. And it was the king that actually had to say, hey, come out. And I could just see Jesus say, okay, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Look, we're having a great time in here. We're walking around and, you know, but we got to continue this story. We got to... We got to let you out and, 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 and let, this, let this thing unfold. So just, just go ahead, appease this king, uh, but just know I'm with you. I'm with you. See, Jesus is with us. Jesus is for us. He is loyal to us, not because we're deserving, we're undeserving, but he's loyal to the relationship because of his goodness, because of his love. You're his child. He went to the cross for you. He is loyal to you. And the only natural, sensible, rational response is to be loyal to him. Come on, the king is loyal to you. It only makes sense to be loyal to the king. Why would you want to leave his presence, even in a trial, even in difficulty, even in a pandemic? You know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about someone, someone who has a brother. And this person finds themselves now being bullied at school. Many of us can relate to growing up, having that one person that was just always criticizing us, always putting us down. And in many cases, in, in, in the worst type of situation, you find yourself being physically harmed by bullies, right? We're living in an age right now where it seems almost like bullies are being encouraged, emboldened. And, and, and many people can relate with the situation of having a person or having a group of people bully you while you're in school. Well, there is this young man who, who's been experiencing being bullied, right? And so he's walking home, he's on his way home as he normally does, but then he sees the bullies come out of the corner. It's a few of them, and they're cornering him, and they're, and they're intimidating him, and they're threatening to beat him up, and saying all kinds of things to him, and he's realizing, okay, this is about to, this is about to happen. They're about to, they're about to beat me up. They're about to pounce on me. And, and he's looking kind of worried. He's looking a little concerned. And then all of a sudden, the, the, the situation shifts. <laughs> all of a sudden, the situation turns around. All of a sudden, his face looks a little bit more relaxed. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the faces of the bullies are looking a little bit worried, looking a little bit anxious. The, 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 the the situation has completely reversed itself now. They're looking the way he was looking a moment ago. Why? Because the brother shows up. <laughs> the brother shows up because the brother is a older brother. The brother has big muscles. He's coming out, man. He's coming out, getting ready into his, into his, his karate stance because he's a black belt in karate. As a matter of fact, he begins to now come on the scene in such a way that they know that it's curtains for them if they stay. So they take off running like the cowards that they are. And this guy knows that he's okay because his brother is with him. 
His brother is with him to bring him out of that situation. He knows he can go home now. He knows he and his brother can walk home safe because he knows his brother is with him to bring him out. Jesus is, according to the gospel, our elder brother because he took on our humanity and because he went to the cross and gave us eternal life. And so Jesus is that elder brother. He steps in. He's more stronger than Satan. See, the biggest deception of the devil is to make you think that he is more powerful than God. He, to make you think that the trial you're in means curtains for you, means that there's no hope, means that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus wants you to know he's more powerful than Satan. Satan, as a matter of fact, is defeated. The reason he makes up all the noise that he's making right now, I've said this before to some of you, I'm going to say it again, is because he knows he's going down. So he goes down fighting. He goes down because he wants to deceive all the people on the planet that he is winning when he's actually losing. Because the cross says that Jesus wins. As a matter of fact, the cross says Jesus won. You can trust Jesus, even if you're in the midst of a fiery trial, even in the midst of a pandemic, no matter what you're going through at home, in your relationships, on the job, in your school, online school, it doesn't matter. You lost a job, got a new job, trying to figure out your job, whatever it is, you're being bullied. You've got somebody harassing you. You've got somebody trying to intimidate you. You don't know what's going to happen in the midst of the government, in the midst of the nation. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's next. Jesus does, and Jesus is sovereign. He is in control. Man, he's checking Satan, yo. Like, he understands what you're going through, and he says, watch this. I'm going through it with you. Jesus went into the flames, into the fire with the three Hebrew boys. He didn't have to do that. He could have delivered them from where he sits. He didn't have to manifest his presence to them, but he does it to let them know, look, I'm not just with you in a sense like I'm for you. I'm actually like in it with you. I'm with you as you're going through this. You're not going through this by yourself. You are not alone, not even for a moment. Yo, I'm seeing the three Hebrew boys right there with Jesus in the flames. These are real flames, guys. They were actually thrown into the flames. It wasn't like they didn't get put into that situation. Sometimes we find ourselves in situations where like, God, why would God allow me to get put into this situation? And sometimes God says, yeah, I'm going to allow you to get into that situation, but I'm going to be there with you. I'm with you to bring you out. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of the, the prophet Isaiah. The prophet Isaiah was speaking on behalf of the Lord God, of, uh, uh, on behalf of Yahweh. And as, this, as the Holy Spirit is inspiring him with these words, I can't help but wonder, in my holy imagination, if you will, if these three Hebrew young men had this passage from Isaiah in their mind. Isaiah 43, verse 1 to two. Listen to what the word of the Lord says. This is, this is, this is written way before, uh, way before this experience in Daniel chapter three. Check it out. The Bible says this, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, don't be afraid. Do not be 
afraid, for I have ransomed you, God says. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you, he says. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. But watch this. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, God says. That's a promise. And I can just think of the three Hebrew boys that, that have a relationship with Yahweh. They know God and they meditate on his scripture because they want to meditate on his word so his word can get into them. And then when the moment happens, when the crisis happens, when the challenge and the difficulty happens and they're thrust into it, they didn't ask for it. They have his word in their hearts. They know the love of God. They know the word of God. They know the voice of God. And I can just imagine that when this situation is happening, they're remembering Isaiah 43, 1 to 2. And they're remembering that God said, look, I will be with you even in the fires of oppression. I'm going to be with you and you will not get burned. And here they experience the very fulfillment of the promise of the word of God. You can take the promises of God to the bank. Look, sometimes in life, because it's crazy down here on earth, like sin is here on this planet. It means that things happen that we don't want to happen, that God doesn't want to happen. He's not up there like wanting bad things to happen. He doesn't want the pandemic and the COVID-19 crisis. He doesn't want all those people. Die. That's not what God wants. That's not his will. But here's what God does, knowing that there is a devil down here, knowing that there is evil down here. God says, I'm going to override what the enemy meant for evil, and I'm actually going to turn it around for good. I'm going to enter into the fray with you, and I'm going to bring my glory. I'm going to reveal my love in the midst of the situation, and even more people are going to come to know me and trust me. And that's what we see happening here with these three Hebrew boys. They trust in God. They trust in the real king. They're loyal to the king because they know the king is loyal to them. They know that God has their best interest at heart. He manifests himself in the midst of their situation. He promised he was going to bring them out and he delivers on his word because that's what God does. And I'm just wondering if there's somebody right now, I'm talking to you, if you're watching this, if you're going through something right now, it could be COVID-19 related, it could be employment related, whatever it is, I'm just wondering, do you know that God is with you? Like really, like what you're going through, he's feeling every pain you feel. Every emotion you feel, he feels it at an infinite level that we can't even comprehend. He's not aloof. He already knows the end from the beginning. He knows what he's about to do. And even then, he still enters into the suffering with you. That's what the incarnation of Jesus Christ is telling us. That's what the cross of Jesus Christ is telling us. That God steps in to what we're going through, into our experience. And he enters into it and he suffers with us through it, even though he knows how he's going to bring us out. Because he wants you to know, I identify with you. I am with you. And I've got some promises that I've made to you. And I'm faithful to keep my promises. I have not broken a promise yet. I'm just wondering if you'll get a glimpse of my love for you. And if you'll see my loyalty to you, my loyal love for you. And if you'll trust my heart, I'm with you. 
I'm in the pandemic. I'm on the ground. I'm in 2020 and I'm going to be in 2021. Jesus says, I am with you. Will you trust me now? Will you trust me now in the flames, in the trial? Because watch this, the trial is temporary. It won't last forever. The fire was turned up seven times hotter. But the fire eventually went out. They came out unscathed because Jesus was in there with them. And he brought them out as if they had never been put in in the first place. I want you to hear that. I want somebody to receive that right now in your spirit. You can literally go through a difficult situation in life and Jesus can so bring you through that situation that you can come out. Ha, you will, if you trust him, come out of that situation and it will literally, he will so heal you. He will so restore your soul. He'll so restore the joy of your salvation that it will literally be like you never went into that situation in the first place. He's loyal. Ah, Jesus is loyal to those who see his loyalty for them and trust and are loyal to him. And he's going to come through. I don't know what you're going through. You're watching this. I don't know what weight you're feeling. I don't know what heavy burden you're carrying. I don't know what pain you're experiencing. But I want you to know I've proven, I've tasted, and I've seen that the God who even, who even birthed you, the God who redeemed you, the God who saved you through the sacrifice of his blood on Calvary says he has proven that he is with you, that he is for you, and he's going to bring you out. The fire is not going to last forever. Look, even if you should die in Christ, you are coming out of the grave to life eternal where there's no more death, to life eternal where there's no more pain, to life eternal where there's no more COVID-19, where there's no more suffering, there's no more depression, there's no more mental illness, there's no more negative toxic personalities, no more narcissism, come on. God is with you and he has promised I will bring you out. Look, we're living in the last days of this earth's history. What happened here in Daniel 3, is going to happen again. As a matter of fact, it's starting to happen, but it's going to reach a conclusion in the story, the unfolding story of this planet of humanity. And in Daniel chapter 12, Daniel gives us a glimpse through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of how Jesus is going to be with us in these last days when he gets ready to return. When the fire gets turned up hot, when the fires of oppression, when the fires of persecution for the true, loyal, faithful followers of Jesus Christ gets turned up hotter, and the situation looks like it's, it, it's dark, like there's no way out. Here's what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. The Bible says, at that time, Michael. Michael is just code in the Old Testament for Jesus. Michael in Hebrew means one who is like God. And it'll say Michael the prince. Prince is synonymous with king. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. And archangel. Archangel just means not that Jesus is an angel. Not that at any point in the, in, in, in the, in the past that he was an angel. The idea there is he was the archangel, meaning he was in charge of the angels. He was the commander of the angelic host, the angel armies. The Bible says he who stands guard over your nation will arise. He will, in some translations, the New King James say, he will stand up. You see, Jesus stands up for those that stand up for him. <laughs> 
He will stand up, the Bible says. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, <laughs> at that time, every one of your people, Daniel, every one of those that trust in Jesus, every one of those that have received by faith the salvation by grace through faith that Jesus gives us through the cross, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued, will be delivered. Hey, will be saved. We don't end in failure. We end in victory. We don't end in defeat. We end in victory because the victory has already been given to us. How do you get your name in the book? That's the book of life according to Revelation. Well, how do you get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life? You get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life by trusting in the one who already put your name there by virtue of the cross. The cross says your name has been put in the Book of Life. God has given you life as a gift. He just wants you to receive it. He just wants you to accept it. Jesus went to the cross for you as the guarantee of your deliverance. It is the guarantee that you not will be saved, yes, but you are saved right now. He did the saving act at the cross and you just need to trust in it. That's guarantee that not only do you have the position of being right with God and saved, but it also means that the guarantee that you are being saved from any situation right now that the devil throws at you, the guarantee that you will be saved when Jesus returns is the cross. You just need to receive it by faith. Just trust him, be loyal to him because he He's loyal to you and the cross is the evidence. The cross is the proof. The presence of the Holy Spirit is the seal of God's loyal love. And you just need to say, yes, I receive it. Jesus, I trust you. The Bible is letting us know, man, that in Daniel chapter three, you just need to know three things. If you want to be loyal to the king and his kingdom, if you want to stand when the crisis comes, hey, this is what you got to do. The Bible says that you're loyal to the king and his kingdom when you stand out because you keep standing. You stand out because you keep standing. Even if you should stumble, you get back up. Okay, so you stand out because you keep standing. The Bible's letting us know you want to be loyal to the king and his kingdom. Then you've got to trust God's deliverance even to death. And that's Literal death, if it comes to that, but that's also living a life of self-sacrificing love, just like Jesus. And then we discovered today that you're loyal to the king and his kingdom because you know that he's with you to bring you out, to bring you out. They were bound when they were thrown into the fire. But when they encountered the presence of Jesus in the fire, whatever was holding them bound got loosed and came off. Even in the fire, Jesus wants you to know he's already bringing you out. Would you, would, would you meet him in the fire? Whatever is fire in your life, would you allow your heart to see Jesus standing in the fire with you, loosing your chains? And would you allow him to bring you out? He really does love you. He really does care for you. He really does want you to know him. He wants to draw you to himself. 
He wants you to trust his heart even when you can't trace his hand. God, what are you doing? He says, I am doing something. You may not be able to see it right now. You may not know all the intricate details right now, but there is coming a time where you're going to see him and you're going to see him in the fire and he is going to bring you out. Come on, Jesus entered into our suffering and went to the cross to reveal his loyalty for you. He says, I'm, I'm committed to this relationship. I'm loyal to this relationship, even at the cost of my own life. That's how loyal I am to you, Jesus says. Will you trust me? Will you, will you enter into a relationship with me where through the power of the Holy Spirit, I will help you, Jesus says, become increasingly loyal to me. It's a journey. But if you stay with Jesus, who is with you? The one who's going to bring you out says that I will gift you with loyal love through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says that God pours his love into our hearts, his loyal love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. This happens when you receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the salvation of Jesus Christ given to us by grace through faith. Salvation as a free gift. When you receive this, then he invites you into a daily relationship characterized by prayer, characterized by being in his word, reading and meditating and journaling through his word daily. And you get to know him, you know his heart, you know his love. And then that loyal love begins to well up inside of your heart back to him. But when the crisis comes, you keep standing. I want to pray for you right now. I want to invite you right now to go ahead, respond right now on the platform. If you're watching this on the Ignite platform, we want to invite you right now to click right now on the connect card at the top of the page, or you can click on, you can click on, I want to give my life to Jesus right now, and just click on that raised hand. You want to right now, wherever you are, maybe you're watching this on YouTube, you want to respond in the comment section. We want to connect with you and help you take those next steps to receiving Jesus as Savior and as Lord, to following Jesus and enter into a fully joy-filled life, full of hope, full of purpose, full of meaning, full of love. Why don't you join me now? Let's pray. God in heaven, we thank you so much for revealing, for manifesting yourself to us today as the God of loyal love, as the God who's with us in the fire. Thank you, God, that even when we enter into the fires of life, we have the assurance that you are right there with us. You have promised to never forsake us, to never let us go. And you are more powerful than Satan. He is doomed. He is defeated. And you have gifted us with victory through the grace and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And we say, thank you, Jesus. We receive you again, Jesus. We receive you anew. We receive you afresh. God, meet us here in the midst of this global pandemic. Meet us here in the midst of whatever fiery trial we're going through. Reveal your presence to us and begin to loose us from those things that are holding us back, that are keeping us bound. And set us free, Lord Jesus, so that we can then come out of whatever it is that we're in, that the enemy wants to use to choke out our hope, to choke out your grace, to choke out your love, to choke out the life that you give us now and for eternity through Jesus Christ. I want to pray for that person that's right now responding to this, that's clicking on those prompts. God, please, I pray, God, that you do more for them 
than they can even conceive. I pray, God, that you bless them, that you anoint them, that you walk with them, and that you show them that you're with them. And as you promised Jesus in Matthew 28, verse 20, you promised to be with us to the very end of the age. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your loyal love. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to Living For Him podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience Jesus daily, watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture, and do this as a weekly small group gathering, then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description. Living for Him exists to tell the story of Jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love. If you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry, then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.